The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I want to talk about um, the balanced and wise love of equanimity. The balanced and wise love of equanimity. And this theme came, um, came to mind because I was uh, remembering that, that today there is a group of our Sangha that is uh, walking at the eighth uh, walk in San Francisco. They, um, they organized themselves, they coordinated, they raised funds, and um, out of compassion to support uh, people uh, living with HIV AIDS. And so, as I was reflecting on that, I was also remembering all the different times that I have walked for something. You know, all the times, marches, or, um, you know, the walk for breast cancer, um, walks uh, to support some children, organizations, all these different these different reasons were that also um, are um, are based in in some type of suffering, some type of um, challenge in life. So, so I thought, well, how how I have done that? How I have walked? You know, there have been some times that I have walked with tremendous grief or uh, sadness or happiness. Um, And there have been other times that equanimity has been present. And when I mentioned, when when that word came, you know, that concept um, into the mind... um, there was like a relaxation in the body and a warmth in the area of the heart. And so I thought, oh, equanimity. Equanimity. That's what I want to share with, with you today. So... Equanimity is, is one of the... For immeasurable states of mind, different traditions, we is called in different ways. Dignahan calls it the immeasurable abodes, Um, and in our tradition, we call it the Brahma Viharas. And uh, in conjunction with um, loving kindness and compassion and sympathetic joy, um, equanimity. Um, with those three, then, you know, we, we call the, the four abodes, the four faces of love. Um, and I have, I can say that from my experience, that sense of um, equanimity out of being in a balance place at ease with how things are 
in the moment with any kind of challenge, you know, um, that there has been a, a moment, a space where I've been able to make choices to choose how to act wisely in a balanced way out of love, out of, um, out of wisdom. Um, so it is a quality of the heart. Equanimity is a quality of the heart that, heart-mind that also is present in every wholesome moment of consciousness, in every wholesome moment of, of this mind consciousness. Um, at the beginning of my practice, I remember so many times, um, I, the early years of, of practice, I dedicated them to mainly metta and these four abodes. It was really necessary for me to be there uh, for several years. And I remember um, cultivating equanimity and meditating, doing meditations of equanimity as it, as it would be a mountain, like, like the mountain of equanimity, a solid mountain that um, would be there still, firm, and soft, you know, in the middle of, of everything, seeing how the seasons of nature, um, the seasons will come and go, um, seeing how people will hike up mountains and come down mountains, and, you know, no complaints, no complaints at all from, from the mountain, from nature. Just, just be there, uh, just witnessing, um, being there in the middle of things, in the midst of things. And that is one of the ways in which equanimity is defined in our tradition. That, having that um, picture, that, that view, that, that overall view from um, kind of, of, of a mountain, seeing the whole perspective, the entire perspective, um, and another way that also has been uh, defined or that I have experienced, that I've heard talking about, um, in a way, um, equanimity has been um, that quality of the heart, that balanced love in the middle of things. There's a beautiful story. I can't remember the sutta, but there's... Um, this beautiful story of a, a monk just walking through a battlefield and, and some of the, the, the king that was uh, leading, leading that war saw this monk, um, this practitioner, um, walking steady at ease, just with a presence of, you know, um, stability. And um, this, this ruler was surprised, who is, who is this person? 
you know. It changed, it, it transformed, it transformed um, that ruler into uh, choosing to do other things for, for the benefit of their people instead of, you know, continuing going for harming. So equanimity, um, seeing with a deep understanding, seeing how things are and, and, and really um, not being in conflict with how, you know, how, how it is, not wanting things to be any other way. So, even though, you know, there are all these beautiful stories and benefits uh, for developing quality, uh, for developing the quality of equanimity, I do remember it took me some time to warm up to equanimity at the beginning of my practice. It was, first of all, the, the, I, I had all these judgments about the word. I don't know, it sounded too dry, it sounded, you know, just as a beginner, you know, it was like, yeah, it's just too dry, or, you know, it sounds like, you know, to be at ease with everything that is going on, all this suffering, and um, what is this? You know, you're telling me not to do anything, be passive, and so, and still... Because of how I was seeing how the practice was benefiting me through metta, through compassion, through practicing with others in Sangha, through my teachers, there was confidence that kept me there. Okay, let me, let me just see what is this equanimity. It kept me going, kept me... You know, sometimes it was a little bit of openness or receptivity towards it. And at some point, it just became, okay, I'm open. I'm open. And even without knowing it, I was practicing equanimity at that point. I, was, I got to a place where, okay, I accept this. You know, this is how it is. This is how it is right now. It's fine. It's, if I listen to the word equanimity just as listening it without any things on top of it, maybe, you know, I can learn more. So that's what happened. I went deeply into the practice and so many different challenges at some point in my life that... Um, it started softening. It started, um, the heart started to feel warm as I was practicing equanimity. And I realized that, yes, indeed, equanimity is a quality that is not dry. It's not dry. Instead, it is, there is some warmth to it, there is love, there is wisdom, and there is balance. So that's why um, I, I called, I mentioned that I, you know, equanimity is like a balanced um, and wise love. So as one of the immeasurable 
about uh, equanimity also support compassion and also supports metta, loving kindness, and supports also sympathetic joy. It gives us stability. It gives the a kind of the unconditionality, unconditional love. We sometimes, you know, talk about unconditional love, unconditional acceptance. And in some ways, that's what equanimity also provides to loving kindness and, and, and um, to the Brahmas, Brahma Viharas, to, to love. Um, I can, in my di- based on my direct experience, I, I had, there were sometimes um, in the past years that I had challenging times with a family member. And wow, did I have, did I have resistance? Did I have resistance to accept how things were? Um, and you know, as I was practicing being committed to mindfulness, being committed to to stay, to sit in the middle of the fire, uh, to be in the cushion, because this is one of the ways in which, you know, in the cushion you can develop equanimity and then you go into your life and see how to apply it in other ways, right? So at some point I realized that I was really having a lot of reactivity to this poor person. I mean, meaning because my father... Uh, he was he was the recipient, you know. He was the recipient of all my, you know, all my projections and everything. Everything I could think of that was wrong, it was all about him. And um, at some point, I just realized that that there was something before, you know, that that if I could take a step back and see that there was something in the mindfulness practice that I could use to, to practice, for example, mindfulness of feeling. There was, there was you know, that step of uh, realizing, wow, this is unpleasant. This is unpleasant. And um, I was skipping that. I was just riding to receiving, you know, listening, seeing, and making all these interpretations, analysis, and, and you know, noticing the contraction in the body, um, but really not um, getting, yeah, getting caught up, getting caught up without giving me at least a chance to, you know, Bruni, let's see what is here. What is here? There was so much reactivity. I could not. Um, I could not take a step back. Um, and still, I kept. You know, I kept practicing, practicing mindfulness, mindfulness of of the body, mindfulness of feeling, mindfulness of of thinking. Um, so. 
at some point, while in the cushion, some some of those times, you know, um, some of those times I would get tired of, okay, you know, I got tired of clinging to my views. <laughs> was like, okay. And at those moments, those moments of, well, okay, this is what it is. And then I would notice, you know, that a little bit of what we call, uh, sometimes in, in our practice, we call it like the, one of the enemies of equanimity, like indifference. Okay, whatever, you know. Um, But then little by little, um, I was able with also the the other Brahma Viharas, loving kindness and um, compassion and, and really a commitment to see what was going on. I stayed in the cushion. I stayed in the cushion. And little by little, there was some concentration being developed. You know, there was a concentration being developed that um, gave me some space. That, you know, there, there was some space, some uh, stillness of the mind, some stability of the mind. To then say, okay, what is, you know, what is this? What is going on? What is really going on here? Um, so in those moments where I have seen the mind, I have experienced the mind like almost doing a 180 degrees turn, like, oh, this, what was bothering me is not bothering me right now. It's absent. What happened? Oh, now I'm like, Something is different. I notice the absence. I've noticed the absence of that tightness and, and again, clinging to, to views. And, um, and then there, there was space. There was space to see how, how did it feel in, in the body. How really, what was this feeling? And then I realized that if I... If I was able to practice that way, just like our teachers sometimes, sometimes tell us, you know, keep it simple. If it is not simple, it's not mindfulness. If we, if we could practice in that way, then, you know, there's that opportunity to, to then really, like I said, that equanimity sometimes is defined as seen to see clearly, to see in a deeper way, see the, the entire picture, and allowing other people to be, and allowing myself to be too, and also at some point, really not, not to close, not to close my heart to anyone. So that is another beautiful quality of equanimity. There is a balance and an evenness in receiving Everything that is presented, everything that shows up, everything is welcome. Everything is welcome. Um, So, like I said before, when we practice mindfulness and we practice in a way where there is a receptive awareness, an awareness that receives everything 
uh, that is um, is not in conflict with what is in, you know or or that is not in favor. It doesn't have like a, a preference or against of what is being shown. That is that in some ways we're practicing also equanimity. Um, Another way that, another experience in, in daily life that reminds me of equanimity is when I'm just walking around or listening to sounds, just seeing as the scene, just without putting anything on top of it, you know, just seeing what comes up, what comes through. You know, what is in, in my eyes? You know, I remember uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons where, um, when I was a kid, where sometimes with, when one of them wanted something, their eyes will, like, come out, you know? And, and even we have sometimes for, I see, like, in Halloween, I remember one of the kids wearing, you know, like, eyeglasses with eyes just going out like this. Um, so, wow, how that, that came to my mind right now. <laughs> it's like, uh, so, yeah, so seeing as just seeing, you know, or listening, just, just hearing, just the hearing. Um, that is a way in which we can also uh, develop, practice equanimity, just noticing it, just seeing how it is that we are practicing mindfulness in our daily lives. Um, let's see what else. Hmm. There is one aspect of, um, of equanimity that... Um, has been a, a deep lesson for me, and is and is the one that um, when when noticing practicing no, noticing the practice noticing equanimity being present is how um, how I can see that I have a choice the accountability the the, the accountability of um, of how I choose to show up. You know, it is a choice. How I choose to show up. You know, I could have a very unpleasant experience and still, you know, it's not like I have to like it or not. You know, if I just say it's unpleasant, if I, see, if I stay there, if I stare there mindful stable in that sense, and really seeing the motivation, what is behind. You know, what is, what is also the motivation that is holding whatever action I'm going to choose? Is it love? Is it uh, loving kindness? Is it um, letting go into, into, um, into freedom? Letting go into 
developing more peace in the world, developing more peace uh, in, within myself. Um, so um, that level of accountabil- of accountability is hard to not notice it. It's hard not to recognize it. Oh, I'm the owner of my actions. You know, there's, I can, and, and oh, they're also their owner of their actions. I cannot fix or give, you know, kind of a guideline of how to choose other people's actions. And that has been another beautiful, deep lesson. Again, in letting people be who they are. And letting myself be who I am. You know, whenever I choose all these different identities. And so, um, that unconditional love of, okay, this this is how it is, this is how, um, this is what is going on, and um, I don't have to close my heart, and, and also I don't have to um, open it to, to a point in which maybe it could be, um, let me see how I say this, getting entangled into into some kind of unhealthy way of caring, caring about people we love, right? So it's not so much, you know, there's these different extremes. There's these different extremes of emotions and experiences that we have, and we can recognize, you know, that we all, as human beings, have these all these different experiences. And with equanimity, we can give some kind of unconditionality not to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut you out of my heart because I, I just, you know, you're conditioned to behave in this way with me or with others in the world or I don't like that experience that you're telling me that you're having or something like that. So... Um, these experiences that sometimes we call uh, in our practice the worldly winds, you know, the, the praise and blame and gain and loss and fame and disrepute or um, forgetting one more. Um. Oh, and pleasure and pain. We all have those experiences. I, I don't know. I'm, uh, maybe someone here is, no one, no one you know, I, I, I bet you may have at least a taste of, of each of those different types of um, experiences. And um, we all may, um, may have experience going into extremes with them. And um, 
to a point that that yeah that we get out of balance we get out of balance like for example the the praise and blame the the praise we may become like too super important you know it's like uh, we may develop a big sense of conceit of you know i'm the last coca-cola in the desert <laughs> you know <laughs> Just, you know it's like and that's you know that's it i'm the best I'm the best you can find. So, um, you know, that is a great opportunity to practice. Practice many things. Uh, just, you know, knowing it, you know, acknowledge it and, and practicing mindfulness. And, and equanimity can help us also bringing us to balance. It's like, well, I may not be. You know, I may just another human being, you know, receiving a praise. Thank you. And, and you know... Life continues. Um, so <clears throat> there's different ways, you know, with equanimity. There's the sense of equanimity, quality of equanimity that we develop within ourselves, and there's also the equanimity, equanimity of being at peace with how things are in the world, you know, with or being in a place where we can say, okay, you know, this is how it is. And I will say also from direct experience that patience, patience has been a quality uh, one of the ten perfections, a quality that we can develop in our spiritual path becomes a perfection <coughs> um, when we develop it in our spiritual path. Patience um, is like a close friend of equanimity. At least for me, you know, in moments in which I have resisted so much to accept things as they are, um, and going, you know, through moments of being really tired. Then there's another practice that has supported me tremendously and is the practice of cultivating patience. And that patience, as, as it keeps growing, um, then there also, it also supports other, other qualities that, um, that, and that, you know, continuing practicing, that continuity of practice, even though, in, like, again, in the middle of things, in the midst of anything. Um, so practice is a, is a dear friend of equanimity. Um, so... <clears throat> more things I want to say in terms of practicing practicing equanimity in daily life how how do we do it you know we can you know being on retreat is a great way to practice equanimity uh, and also when we go out of retreat what how how does it work so again noticing those moments of resistance and reactivity 
you know, reactivity will be the, the opposite to equanimity. Those are moments, great opportunities of practice, great, great opportunities for practicing, cultivating equanimity. Um, also, noticing when again is, you know, when that reactivity is absent and when there is ease of mind, when there is that stability and that acceptance uh, in the mind with how things are. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing to see the whole range you know, the whole range of, you know, within our practice to see when these qualities that support us are present and when they're absent. Um, there are other <coughs> qualities that I, I really like this. Um, one, of the, one of the days that Gil offered uh, for equanimity, he also talked about some qualities other qualities, other than the ones I have mentioned, that support equanimity. And I will mention them um, briefly. One is um, virtue, virtue or um, integrity. Just, you know, having, having a level of honesty that, wow, this is what is going on right now. This is what is going on right now. And um, being clear, being, you know, being another quality, uh, developing uh, courage, courage to accept sometimes those moments in which, you know, it's not about being right or wrong. There's a lot of suffering going on here. A lot of courage to recognize what, what it is that I'm, how I'm contributing to this situation, how it is that I'm relating to this situation, how I'm showing up. So I want to end with, just to, um, close with um, some verses um, from Maha Gosananda. The father, he was named the father of Cambodia. He passed in the late, maybe 2006, seven. And um, there's a beautiful phrase uh, that he, uh, some verses that he said uh, to his people in Cambodia when he came back to the country and were supporting them in healing everything that was going on there. He said, um, a peaceful heart, a peaceful heart makes a peaceful person. A peaceful person makes a peaceful family. A peaceful family makes a peaceful community. And a peaceful community makes a peaceful world makes a peaceful nation, nations make a peaceful world. So may through your practice you cultivate equanimity, the balanced love 
balanced and wise love that will support you in acting for the benefit of all beings without exception, including yourself. May all beings be free, may all beings be happy, and may all beings have equanimity in their lives. Thank you.